You're about to listen to an episode of Legally Fonds. This episode is brought to you in association with LawSchool.ie. LawSchool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inns entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter, pre-recorded workshops are also available and courses commence every year in June and November. Register anytime at lawschool.ie and for a 10% discount on any course, just use the discount code LEGALLYFOND. Pierce, set the scene for us. You're sitting there uh, just a casual Tuesday morning, you're having your coffee, you've got the morning papers in front of you, and you're aware that uh, having qualified for the uh, Junior Golf League of Ireland, you've done a, a little piece in a new and upcoming gentleman's magazine, shall we call it. You've given your interview, and on the cover of the magazine, you see there's a picture of you, two women at either side, emblazoned across the front, your name, under the caption, a serious player. So does this headline mean you're a bit of a philanderer, or does it simply suggest that you're good at getting the ball out of a bunker with a nine iron? Is this something that can be taken as defamatory? That's right, Pierce. In this episode of Legally Fond, we're looking at the law around defamation. What's defamatory? And what can you say about someone before you get sued? Welcome to Legally Fond, episode three, Gay or European. episode of Legally Fond, we're looking at the case of Reynolds versus Malaco. So the plaintiff in this case is the proprietor of a couple of nightclubs in Dublin, and there was an article written about those nightclubs in a magazine in the late 90s. Now, the article purported to be this big expose about drug use in Dublin's nightclubs and suggested that people were using drugs and openly dealing drugs in the nightclubs owned by this man. Now, the plaintiff in this case is the late John Reynolds, He owned a number of nightclubs in Dublin and uh, actually set up the Electric Picnic Festival. And of course, there are no drugs taken at Electric (laughs) Picnic. (laughs) Watch what we say here. Now, this article also refers to Mr. John Reynolds on two occasions as a gay bachelor. In fact, the first line of the article is, Gay bachelor John Reynolds is feeling far from gay these days. And later on, it says, The gay bachelor who is featured regularly in the tabloid gossip columns where the names of his latest model girlfriends are plugged. So he's going to court seeking an injunction. An injunction is an order made by a court forcing someone to do something or to refrain from doing something. What he wants in this case is to stop the magazine publishing the article. Because, he says, it's defamatory. Number one, it's suggesting that the club has been taken over by drug lords. And number two, he is not homosexual, but he's being described as a gay bachelor. Pierce, when you hear the expression gay bachelor, what comes into your mind? I think of a probably older, more established gentleman, probably quite well-moneyed, you know, good career. You know, somebody who um, who never quite settled down, was never, never quite found the right individual, probably uh, because of, um, you know, the time he grew up in. But actually, the, it's interesting there, my whole interpretation of the term gay bachelor is kind of flipped in that first sentence when they say he's feeling far from gay these days. Then you're like, oh, I, I probably misinterpreted the initial thing because it jumps out to me as obviously straight away meaning homosexual. Oh, it, 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 it's, it's the older, kind of more archaic 
less used term, um, which which will probably make, make a bit more sense later. They're allowed, they're allowed to write in prose. Yes, yeah, I, I mean it's yeah, it's very much um, a kind of uh, romantic um, Keats-like yeah. <laughs> opening to 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 an article. Uh, what do you think, Alex? Yes, the Shakespearean tragedy that is taking ecstasy in a nightclub in 1990s Ireland. I actually think that, yeah, gay bachelor John Reynolds is feeding fire from gay these days. I think that seals it. it because words mean different things in different contexts. Mm-hmm. And I think you could probably carry that through. If you say gay bachelor on its own, it's different. But, okay, gay means two different things. But in today's context, does gay really mean two different things? You, uh, how but often even, do you hear Even people? we get that if feeling far from gay these days means yeah i get i get that part of the sentence but it can still flow as homosexual bachelor john reynolds is feeling less than gay these days that still works if you get me yeah i, I whereas homosexual bachelor john reynolds is feeling <laughs> far from homosexual, homosexual when i read it though i do read it with a bit of a smirk mm. which is i think kind of conveys what what the journalist himself is is feeling here that you know this is a bit of a, a smart aleck quip to open an article with and that that people you know are gonna probably give the side eye to one another when when they read it because it i think it's quite clear in what it's ju- in that it's deliberately like leading you one way and then sending you another well but it even... still sends you the other way it still sends you to you know, gay is happy the second mentioning of the gay bachelor phrase it says the gay bachelor who is Featured regularly in this tabloid gossip columns where the names of his latest model girlfriends are plugged is seriously worried, which does the same kind of thing. You read it first, you think, oh, the homosexual bachelor, and then latest yeah. model girlfriends. girlfriends, which contradicts that. So here's the interesting legal question that arises from all of this. John Reynolds, the plaintiff, the guy who's suing in this case, he's the one who's being described as a gay bachelor, but he is not, in fact, homosexual. He's trying to say that describing him as a gay bachelor in these circumstances is defamatory. For something to be defamatory, it has to injure a person's reputation in the eyes of reasonable members of society. An important thing to note before we go any further. For something to be defamatory, it has to be untrue. So does describing somebody as gay, who is not homosexual, injure that person's reputation in the eyes of reasonable members of society? Okay, I think we need to do a bit of a litmus test here. Alex, somebody describes you as gay. Are you offended? Ah, but okay, right. So, if somebody describes me as homosexual, I don't know. I've never actually been seriously called homosexual. It's sort of a like I've been sort of oh, like that's gay or something, you know, in the schoolboy, in the schoolboy kind of immature sense. But I've never actually been described. I don't know how I'd feel. That does, okay. That's not an invitation to call Alex, me homosexual. Alex, you, you look very homosexual today. <laughs> how do you feel? I'm glad the listeners don't know what I'm wearing. But like, <laughs> so it is untrue. Sorry to disappoint. Can it damage your reputation? In a sense, that if you call somebody gay and they say they're not, are you also calling them a liar? Yeah, there is the suggestion that you're living this double something. life. Yeah, yeah. But equally, let, let me reverse that and say, Gavin, would you be offended if you were styled as a straight bachelor? No, and the difference there is that there's never been a stigma around being heterosexual. And I don't think people have ever really been shunned or ostracized for being heterosexual. So I think you're kind of making a false equivalence. I think we have to contextualize this socially and historically. It's 1998. Homosexuality has only recently been decriminalized. 
as well as removed from the World Health Organization's list of mental illnesses, I think. But I, I guess at this time in Ireland as well, a lot of people viewed it to be morally reprehensible behavior. If you use that as the metric, then I guess it is kind of fair to suggest that accusing somebody of being gay or suggesting that they're gay may lower them in the eyes of their peers. Well, it might lower them in the eyes of the peers if they have a girlfriend. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a really good point, Alex, because when you suggest that somebody who's in a heterosexual relationship is gay, you're kind of suggesting that they've betrayed trust, perhaps been unfaithful, and that in some ways they're maybe living a lie. Do you think that's fair, Pierce? Yeah, well, I, again, I think the thing with adultery, I mean, that's no longer a crime, but it's seen as inappropriate, if you want to use that term, by by society's standards. There's nothing inappropriate about simply being gay. The issue there, let's say, if, if, if you were married and then pursued a relationship, an extramarital affair or something, it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman. I, 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 people don't care, I think, in that sense. Perhaps it's more shocking if it is somebody of your own sex, if you're, if, you're, if you're married to somebody from the opposite sex previously, perhaps then it's more shocking. But I think the issue is the adultery, not the individual with whom you pursue that affair. Do you think, though, that maybe it's a little bit of a hangover from perhaps 1990s Ireland that there are, like, rumours of somebody's sexuality are investigated? The sex life of celebrities is a big tabloid topic anyway. I think people are just have a kind of perverse fascination with finding out what other people are getting up to in the bedroom. So I think that's nothing new, but I, I just think people like that kind of salacious gossip. Alex, I'm interested to know whether you think something can be defamatory in context. In the eyes of some just in general. especially very, uh, you know, orthodox religious traditions, it mm-hmm. is still an insult. So if you call somebody from, whether it's Christian or Islamic background, homosexual, that has a greater impact on them than it does on us. Because we're all, well, you know, kind of moderate. Tolerant and accepting. Tolerant, accepting, yeah. accepting, etc. Whereas somebody's specific community or immediate community may not be so accepting and it actually may have a greater impact on their life. Yes, yes, um, that's certainly true. In the case, the barrister who was acting for the plaintiff argued that an allegation of being gay is an allegation of deviant sexual practice, which many people in Irish society find repellent. Pierce, obviously the country has changed a lot since then. Yes, because heterosexual sex has become equally as deviant, one could argue nowadays. Um, uh, g- keep going there. <laughs> no, I'm not. Cut that. That was not, that was not intended to come <laughs> out like yes, that. Yes, you wouldn't be engaging in that kind of sexual deviancy. <laughs> no. As we've come to recognise differences in, you know, people's beliefs and we've become more accepting of, you know, whether it's different family structures or different lifestyles or different sexualities, do we have to then recognise that there are people on the other end of the spectrum? that you have some very, very conservative communities, even still in Ireland, yeah. just because they're more isolated or they're more insular, like the, you know, whether it's very fundamentalist Christian, Jewish, or Islamic backgrounds, saying somebody from that community is gay will be, it can be very difficult for somebody in, in that specific context. So as in, do we have to take into, the, into account the, their, not necessarily the wider cultural phenomena, but they're specific. Well, no, not in these circumstances, because this magazine was published for general consumption. 
However, perhaps for some strange reason, this was a rather saucy and salacious parish newsletter that this was published in <laughs> for some reason. And yeah. it was circulated among a small group of conservative Catholics who, mm-hmm. in the main, were anti-gay marriage or... Yeah. Well, then it might be different. Yeah, and then it should be construed in its context. Mm. But just because it's, like, it's published to the wider community doesn't mean that it can't have a very significant effect should we move on from this very dated view of this sort of homogenous society that all kind of has the same moral compass like we're not that anymore we're very we're quite multicultural we've got uh, a larger immigrant population we've got different religions now it's not just some sort of like but then you'll always succeed in a defamation action because you'll always find some tiny subsection of the population that will find whatever is written about you defamatory. As I said, the construct of defamation is about whether it injures your reputation in the eyes of reasonable members of society. Reasonable members of society constituting general society, the vast majority of people, not a small extreme subsection that has differing views. Look, if you are an innocent individual minding your own business and quietly living Uh, gay bachelor lifestyle yeah exactly a gay bachelor lifestyle and then all of a sudden there's this expose in a newspaper about you I think that's completely unfair but presumably if you were somebody in the public life uh, you know who who is very much um, visible and and out there and on uh, on TV or whatever it might be then I suppose there's more public interest in finding out about that person but that doesn't that doesn't still excuse um, let's say publicizing details about somebody's Sexuality, I think it's a very private thing. Well, I think, well it may, may well be private. And something we, we actually haven't discussed yet is the fact that, you know, freedom of press and freedom of speech is still a consideration in defamation cases. Great point, Alex. So we must say that in the media, there's constant wrestle between three rights. You've got the right to freedom of speech or the right to freedom of press, as you correctly identified, Alex which is the right to publish things freely and not be censored, etc. Then you've got the right to privacy of the person who's being written about. And then you've got the right to a good name of the person who's written about. And defamation is most closely tied with the right to a good name. Now, we could spend hours and hours talking about these different rights and the limitations to them. They're all pretty much equally important rights. So when they do clash, the judge has to determine, depending on the circumstances, which right should prevail. However, as we've explained, if you say something defamatory about someone, then their right to a good name comes before your right to freedom of speech. Back to the earlier points about when we were arguing about, you know, whether is this, does this mean homosexual or does this mean uh, happy-go-lucky, as you put it, Pierce. So, yeah. if you were to balance in favour of freedom of speech and say that it is a fundamental right to which all democracies should hold dear you have to give the benefit of the doubt to the publication. You can't blanket all publications with this sort of burden of, you know, well, their stylistic choice, you know, as bad as this article mm. is, their stylistic choice may very well be subject of a libel action or a defamation. Yeah, well, their stylistic action. choice was very deliberate. It was clearly intended to be provocative and an innuendo and leading people. Well, they were dancing on the line of, like, humour. They weren't dancing on the line of, oh, the state is going to, like, enforce you to pay money to this person because of you're making a stylistic choice. Like, frankly, it's ridiculous. Like, you have to, you have to let the press say what they want because, you know, that's been the cornerstone of, of democracy for the last 100 years. Well, Article 40.3.2 of the Constitution says that the state will, will uh, try to vindicate the 
rights to life, person, good name, and property rights of every citizen. Good name comes third there on the list. Are, are we giving too much weight then, do you think, to the right to a good name? Yes. F- freedom of speech is incredibly important. There is no need to use the phrase gay bachelor John Red. But again, it's a freedom of speech. How days. is freedom of speech being abused when if you say this, oh yeah, well, okay, the right to a good name comes first. Then you're going to say, well, like, you know, oh, this is my interpretation of my good name. And I don't like what you said about me, so pay me 10,000 euros. That's not okay. Like, you have to say, right, what, you know, tabloids or not, they serve a purpose in the society. No, I think this is the kind of news of the world argument that there is a public interest in everything. In everything, hacking people's phones, and it's kind of a, a, a the end justifies the means. You know, um, if if we get some dirt on somebody, does it really matter what laws or what privacy regulations we broke but in pursuing? Law. No, I'm not talking about breaking the law. Like people have to obey the law. Like that's kind okay. of a general yeah. like principle that we'll agree on. But you still have to allow freedom of speech to come first, because otherwise, people these kind of libel cases will shut down a free press um you, you suggested that uh, you'd be able to sue people for writing things you didn't like that's not what defamation is there are plenty of things that people can write about you that are true that you will not succeed in a defamation case with because it has to be false and it has to lower you in the eyes of reasonable members of society but basically, you were t- in this you were case hinged- it is false mr reynolds is not a homosexual and the publication has deliberately chosen these words to be provocative to be salacious uh, and they they were kind of and you're they're saying the law in such a you, way. They're, but kind of, no, they're not flating the law. They're, no, they're, they're not flating the law. They're being tongue in cheek. And frankly, if somebody can be like literally forced to pay money for a joke and for like, you know, a funny choice of words, yeah, it's an innuendo, but they're still referring to like, oh yeah, he's feeling far from gay or so you would... his his latest model girlfriends. I think, you know, if somebody is reading that like, oh ha ha, it's a bit of a joke. But like, Alex they're is- still referring to it like, oh yeah, his heterosexual partners. Alex, I remind you that I am the one who edits Legally Fonz, so I am able to curtail your freedom of speech at my discretion. Pierce, while Alex takes a deep breath and calms down a little bit, what are your thoughts? I think you have to strike a happy medium. And, and where is that happy I- medium? Well, I mean, I'm... Just after Gay Bachelor. <laughs> Just, it stops. Yes. After Gay Before <laughs> yeah, Bachelor. Yeah, after Gay yeah. Before Bachelor. Uh, um... I mean, I, I, I agree with the point that Alex was making that I think, you know, you should be able to crack a few jokes and things like that. I mean, I think that, that this kind of comes into the this modern debate about the right to offend, whether that right exists or indeed the right to not be offended about something. I, I think it's um, it's part and parcel with debate and exchange that there is potentially going to be some offence exchanged in those interactions. I think a right to a good name is very important. But, but like you say, I... Th- don't think it extends uh, to the crisis scenario that Alex suggests that anyone can take issue with anything published about them if they themselves don't feel particularly good about it. Like you say, it, it, the the test for defamation hinges on whether this thing is actually true and whether this accusation will lower you in the eyes of your peers. So I, I think it's qualified enough whereby the freedom of the press isn't substantially restricted by it. If anything, I think it encourages good, thorough, factual reporting and where our news isn't littered with spurious allegations Pierce, that, that really just are, are completely point. unfounded. It actually means that there has to be some journalistic to be honest, integrity in reporting. Ireland's defamation laws in the media. 
everyone is saying, reform them, reform them, reform them. Obviously, that's because it's in the media's interest to reform them, and the media are the ones reporting on the possible reformation of them. So Alex Legally Fond's bastion of free speech are strict defamation laws just an attack on the ability to say what you want? I think so. I think you do have to know where your rights start and where your rights end. Um, Your right to a good name is important, but the courts are there to vindicate that when it is absolutely necessary. Freedom of speech and freedom of the press is essential and laws that limit that are used by governments and people with sufficient funds to back themselves and to back exploits in the courts to stop things they simply don't like being said about them. But what about the people without resources? What about the ordinary people who become pariahs in society because of one article that's written about them that's shared online tens of thousands of times? What about the gay bachelors of the, the gay world? Bachelors of the world. <laughs> don't forget he won his case, so you know how unprivileged he is that it don't think it was much of an issue. Um it is a concern, but freedom of the press and freedom of expression is more important. And that should be, in a sense, the first your first priority. Well, Alex, I think you're a liar and a thief. Do you accept that? Do I accept that? Are you gonna sue me? Yeah, I'll see you in court. Now, in defamation cases in Ireland, juries still decide if something is defamatory or not. What do we think about this? I think it's probably one of the fairest ways to approach it because defamation by definition is to um, lower an individual's status or um, or level of respect in the eyes of their peers. And, and who are their best judges for that other than a jury of your peers because you know a, a judge may approach it in a in a in a legalized um very perhaps logical manner but oftentimes it's the immediate um interpretation of of the common man that is most revealing so i think it's a, it's a fantastic measure and gauge of what actually is defamatory and what isn't well in the sorry in the case that we're dealing with in particular calling one person homosexual may have a different impact on somebody from a particular background than another, you know, whether it's religious or ethnic. If you just have a jury of 12 peers picked randomly from that population, you may not get an accurate representation of the impact it'll have within their own community. Within that's, their own community. Yeah, yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. But that said, I think it has to be, I think there is some binding uh, attitudes that links everyone in society. Um, you know, I, I, certainly there are you know areas where people would disagree or have differing opinions on on how they react to certain statements or whatever. But I, I think there's a general um, approach uh, amongst people in in terms of what's a good thing to say about somebody, what's a bad thing to say about somebody, and what's an untrue thing to say about somebody. And perhaps that goes down to another issue in in how we pick juries and how they should be selected and uh, how we get as broad a spread of the population as possible. But um, as a whole, I think the jury concept stands uh, to reason, and I, I think it works quite well, particularly in these situations where you have to measure it off what uh, the ordinary person's attitude towards things is. Now, the kind of controversial aspect of juries' roles in Irish defamation cases is that juries also decide the awards, as well as deciding whether something is defamatory or not. It can be particularly difficult for a jury to decide how much compensation a person should be entitled to. 
because it's not a personal injuries case. They haven't suffered any physical injury. They may have suffered some emotional injury as a result of it, but it's really hard to put a figure on it. And it's led to cases where there have been awards of 1.2 million. The highest award was actually 10 million euros in one case. And the European Court of Human Rights has criticised Ireland's defamation laws for being uh, too harsh on free speech. Awards that high, if a small media outlet was forced to pay it out, that might lead to their closure. Well, it's the age-old problem of how to quantify a qualitative problem. Well put, Alex. That's one of the criticisms about Ireland's defamation laws. Also, I guess, in the social media age... There's questions around if you retweet something, if you share something online, are you further publishing it yourself? And are you liable if whatever you're sharing or retweeting has defamatory content in it? Same goes for Facebook. If I put something up on Facebook that is defamatory about somebody else, is Facebook liable as a publisher of that information? But what's particularly telling about Ireland's defamation laws and what might suggest they're kind of lax is that there's a particular American celebrity who's suing buzzfeed an american website in the irish courts at the moment for defamation and he's saying that it was published in ireland even though only a tiny tiny percentage of buzzfeed readers are in ireland so it would seem that it is maybe advantageous for this individual to run the case through ireland so what happened to mr reynolds well he won his case he got his injunction the judge didn't give a great explanation though He said that it would be perfectly open to a jury to hold that the use of the word gay in relation to the plaintiff was an allegation of homosexuality, and that also a jury could decide that being described as gay is also defamatory. Because, according to him, just because an activity is no longer prohibited by the criminal law, an allegation of engaging in such activity can be defamatory. For instance, he says, to lie is not a criminal offence, but again, can it seriously be suggested that to call a person a liar is not defamatory? And that wraps up episode three of Legally Fond. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, Please subscribe, leave a rating, and most importantly, tell a friend. If you want to find out more about this or any other cases we've discussed, head to our blog, legallyfond.blogspot.com. (laughs) 